Bitwise Bobby. Great to have you, Chris. I'd love to hear your thoughts on why you're qualified to talk about cybersecurity. Well, I've spent the last five or six years working with some of the most mature customers in the world, uh, helping them prepare for their worst day and consulting on what we call left and right of boom, which is the before, during and after a cyber incident. So I've been able to work with some of the largest and most mature customers. What is your role at IBM? So right now, as you're probably aware, President Biden has released an executive order on cybersecurity. And in response to that, IBM has announced a IBM Center for Government Cybersecurity. And I'll be one of the IBMers building, developing, and launching that center in Washington, D.C. What's the bigger goal with that center? The biggest goal is to help the federal government with this journey that they're going to have to go through. So if you look at the nine different stages or parts of the executive order, they include things like zero trust, journey to cloud. And these are some of the areas that IBM has a tremendous amount of expertise in. Now, Chris, I know you have some experience talking about the human side of cyber, and I'd love to know what exactly that means. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the most underrated parts of cybersecurity is focusing on the human. I look at five major characteristics of some of the most mature customers in the world, and they always focus on the human side. So I'll give you an example of the five. Number one, risk-based business discussions, not technical discussions. At the end of the day, cybersecurity is 1,000% about risk. Therefore, the technical teams need to be having risk-based conversations with the business folks about how to protect their business. Number two is driving a super strong security culture. We've seen customers actually announce something called shared fate, which means every single person in the company is responsible, not just the cyber team. Mm. Uh, certain customers would give their bonuses to the teams that had the highest rating on cybersecurity. Third is the difference between cyber awareness and cyber behavioral change. Cyber awareness is like, okay, I go to a class, I hear about these things called phishing, I hear about these other things. And that's important and that should not be underrated. But it's the ones that go for behavioral change are the strongest. For example, if you really want your employees to have a change in how they behave and treat things, you start at home. You start with them at their own Wi-Fi at home their own phones, their own devices. And when they become more aware and they change their behavior at home, that automatically comes into work. Does that mean I need super long passwords and I'm just super paranoid all the time? Like, I think when you make it personal for someone, they pay a lot more attention than the forced training and PowerPoints they might have to sit through at work because they're personally involved. So you can have the best deployments, the best programs, but if you're not keeping the human being in mind when you do it, you actually become less secure because, oh, the passwords are super long. Oh, I'm just going to write that down as a sticky note. If I increase the length and complexity of a password to 15 characters, I need to then address the human side. So we've seen customers deploy a password manager. Asking them, not only do I want you to use this at work, but I want you to use this at home. Start to use it to manage your bank accounts and your email and start to drive two-factor authentication at home. All that stuff comes into work. When you deploy these new security policies, you have to kind of think about it as uh, how do I make it easy for my employees to do the right thing? And then the last thing around human aspects is building human biases into your runbooks and your training. So on a big cyber incident, it is a crisis. And in a crisis, 
cortisol, which is a stress hormone, has an 18-minute half-life in your brain. That's where the biggest mistakes take place. Things like confirmation bias. They find one piece of information, they cannot let it go. So we've seen companies deliver something called dual verification. Okay, I'm about to move a lot of resources and a lot of money and time. I'm about to make that major decision. I'm going to ask one team to prove my hypothesis, and I'm going to ask my other team to disprove the hypothesis, and then I'm going to make that decision. Let's say I felt like I was under DDoS attack, and I started to make all these changes and bring down all of my websites and start to do all of these things that are having repercussions to the business. Before I make a major resource change like that, I would have one person or one team go and prove that I'm under DDoS attack, turn to an alternate group and go, disprove I'm under DDoS attack. Both Mm -hmm. of them come back to me. And based on that, I will then make a decision. So it's like you compare and see which one's the strongest argument. You don't just go with one that sounds good. Right. Because the bias clouds your decision making from the beginning. So how do I overcome that? Because it's human beings making it. So you should build dual factor authentication into your runbooks. When you need to make a major decision, this is the best practice that we've seen. So it starts with risk-based discussion, the culture, the behavioral change, addressing the human in a frictionless way, and then driving uh, or removing as many biases as you can into your run books. Those are the five major characteristics that I've seen companies have when they are very mature when it comes to cyber. Can you give me an example of some company that you've seen that's been able to go from not having these in place and then excelling? You look at Equifax as a great example of getting hit really, really hard in 2017. And now they actually release a cybersecurity report every year like they do the annual report. The CISO at Equifax has direct access to the board. They are an example of providing financial incentives for those who have the highest success. They believe in risk-based frameworks. In a lot of ways, Equifax got hit the hardest, but are coming back the strongest and actually making cybersecurity a competitive advantage as to why you should do business within them. But that's a private company. Do you think the government can catch up and actually defend itself from all these cyber innovations? It is a fascinating battle that you're up against I believe this executive order, if executed on, will really allow a set of accountability for what's happening. My biggest concern is things that you see like solar winds, which is an integrity attack, which leads me to understanding the risk of your supply chain. If you can get on top of that, which is really, really hard because there's a lot of things you take for granted. And I think this is why zero trust is a huge part of the executive order is that you should not trust your third parties. And then you validate and verify every time they come in and what they get access to. If I take my laptop and I fly to London and I land and I try and get into the IBM network, it's going to automatically force a two-factor authentication because it doesn't recognize the geolocation. I've got the same MAC address on my laptop. I've got the same username, password. Everything's the same, but the geolocation is different. That's a certain level of risk. It can automatically block my phone and my laptop to lower the risk just based on what I'm trying to do. So understanding risk will then understand how your zero trust set of policy should play out. Are there any other things you want to say about security culture within an organization? It starts at the top. 
I've had people say, Chris, I can't get my executives to even wear their badge in the office. So if you want to drive a security culture, it starts at the top and it cascades down and it has to be woven into the fabric of the company, not an add-on. It can't be like, oh, we had cybersecurity training last week. Check, we're done. No, it's woven into the fabric of how you do business, how you present yourself, how you do things. 